You are listening to the NIHL Flyby with your hosts Matt Lindsay and Dave Ferrari, proudly supported by Skaters Network and Pride Tape. Welcome to episode seven. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Lindsay, and I'm Dave Ferrari. And what a week it has been in hockey, Davey. Uh, bit of a shocking weekend for us personally in the the senior team, mate. We are. Uh, Fell short against a, a shortened bench in the Canterbury Eagles, having only nine skaters. Um, we gave them everything we had, I think. We, we outshot them. We, we tried all different angles, just couldn't beat that goalie. What were your impressions? Yeah, I agree. I think we outplayed them, heavily outshot them. But um, I almost think we were trying a little bit too hard, forcing some stuff on the power play. And, um, you know, 5-3 loss is probably appropriate. But, uh, gee, I'm looking forward to getting them again, hopefully on our rink, and uh, rectifying that. Absolutely. To, to keep the theme of some hockey games, let's jump into the NIHL games uh, from the weekend just gone. And I'll turn it over to you, mate, for the first game with where we saw the Bandits versus Goldminers. Yeah, this one, uh, a ripper game. The Bandits able to knock the Goldminers off. Obviously, they were top of the table. So Bandits beating them 4-1. Um, you know, impressive effort here from a few people, but Jordan Conrad, who's a Division Four player affiliating up to Division Three, um, he got the fourth goal there for the the Bandits. They were also able to get a shorthanded goal through Ollie Vandervloet, so hats off to him. Uh, but just a great game. Shots 24 to the Bandits to 26 to the Goldminers, um, and a really good job by the Bandits to not only put up four goals against a, a stellar team in the Miners, but also keep Alexa Gembic to one assist. We, we said that was the key, and they were able to get that done, so good job, Bandits. Moving on, we had another Div Three game: the Sharks taking on the Wolves, and we've been we've been talking it up for a few weeks now, Maddie. But the Wolves finally able to get it done, winning four uh, two. Two goals to Jordan Van Elst, uh, goal and an assist to uh, your man Sammy Davidson. But um, someone who only got an assist on the scoreboard, but I want to give a shout out to on the Wolves is Neil Rees. Uh, I think that's how you say his last name. But Neil is just a, a beautiful skater, uh, a bit of an under-the-radar player, but someone who could could probably easily play up in Division 2 and has at times as an affiliate. Um, so hats off to Neil and the team effort from the Wolves, and especially to the goalie, Callan Rickford, stopping 27 of 29 shots put on by the Sharks. Um, excellent job. That was a bit of a, a goaltending uh, battle. So... Wolves getting up in that one. Moving on to Division 2, the Hounds and the Hawks. And again, we have a, a huge upset here with the Hawks finally getting uh, getting a markdown in the loss column. They fall to the Hounds 5-3 uh, on the back of a hat-trick to Toby McMahon. A pair of power play goals to the Hounds, even a shorthanded goal. Um, they kind of scored in every way uh, and were given a heap of power play opportunities. I think the Hawks took... Took about six penalties in that game versus the Hounds one. So great job to the Hounds. Um, did you see any of those games, Matty? Unfortunately, I was away this weekend, um, but caught up with yourself. And um, you did mention the Hawks were a little bit shorthanded there with, I think you said, about 10 players on their team. So obviously not the full roster. Um, but very excited to hear the Hounds were able to get that W. Um, and, and big shout-out to Toby, who I actually went to school with, uh, both Toby and Josh Backhausen, who play on the, the Hounds. So very excited for him to, to get his probably first career hat-trick. So um, good on your Tobes. 
Yeah, this uh, that, that I would I would say was was game of the round, um, and plenty of other shout outs in there too, like Jeff Line goal and two assists. Uh, you know, Ethan Spelled big goal there uh, ended up being the game winner. So excellent game and well done Hounds. Then we had the Bandits taking on the Bears. The Bandits, um, it's really a new a new script for the Bandits this year. They've been uh, you know dwelling in the the bottom of the league there for a number of seasons, but now getting a three win win over the Bears really solidifying that they're they're in this race and are one of the teams to beat. Hunter Almasi, we kind of we got on him a bit last week about scoring a lot of goals and not many assists. Well, he he added another two goals, but also recorded an assist. So well done, Hunter, moving the puck around. Jeremy Kitkowski banging that one home, uh, which ended up being their third goal. Shout out to the Bears, Callan Rickford, who obviously plays goal for the Wolves in Division Three, also as a player for the Bears. Um, he had the lone goal for them in that one and Matty Montgomery stopping 19 of 22 shots uh, 22 quality shots against uh, some of the highest scorers in the league so good job Matty um, in the in the effort in the loss and division four we had a 1-1 tie uh, Matty can these teams get any closer Mate, it's unbelievable each week uh, seeing the results that come out of this Division 4 game and the, the players who are scoring goals. It seems to be getting shared around a little bit, which is just excellent to see. Um, Statistic-wise, though, you'd, you'd be shocked to see, but um, the Cyclones actually do have a slight uh, win percentage uh, above the Hawks, with running at 6.25 win percentage. Obviously, that, that does equate to just one extra win at this stage, so they're certainly very, very closely matched. Um, so yeah, it's exciting to see what what the rest of the season will unfold for these two teams. Absolutely, shout out to Reese Berger playing his first game for the Cyclones, uh, and also Chelsea Bauer, Division Three player who's helping us out by playing down some games in Division Four. Uh, she got the Cyclones on the board with a goal, but um, you know, the, I think another big story in this game were the goalies. So Ryan Painter continues to to put in the work as a goalie. He's played in every game so far this year for the Cyclones. Only faced seven shots, but he's just looking more and more comfortable in net each week. But we're actually short a goalie for the Blackhawks. So last minute, Hunter Almasi strapped on the pads and stopped 12 out of 13. So, uh, you know, he, he finally got an assist. He's been scoring goals, and now he's been stopping as well. Can, can kind of do it all. And that's the wrap-up for the week, Matt. That's just excellent. I love it when uh, you see players have a go at goalie and, and maybe he's got a future career there based off those statistics. So well done to Hunter. Um, all right, moving forward now to, to look at this coming weekend. Let's jump into our predictions. Uh, so we we had to have a bit of a change in the schedule due to some unforeseen Ice Lock in New South Wales games jumping in there on the Saturday night. We were really excited for... The five games in a row, Saturday night, hockey in Newcastle, but hasn't come to fruition this time around. So we've just got the two games on the Saturday night. Uh, the first one up, Dave, is the Blackhawks versus Cyclones. Yeah, again, uh, they're getting to know each other really well, these teams. Um, we have some new players that we've, uh, one new player, I should say, that we've just added today, Brock Mackley. He's going to be joining the Blackhawks. Uh, to help take on the Cyclones this Saturday night. Uh, he's fast, super keen to get out there, and this will be his first game. So I'll be, be curious to see how much nerves he carries with him, but I'm sure he'll do excellent. Uh, and I think you know that injection of another new player will put the Blackhawks over the line. I'm tipping a win. Uh, I'm going to think... I'm going to... I just see... I feel there being a lot more goals this week. So I'm tipping a 4-3 win. Uh, I think they're just going to pile it on. Love it, mate. Um 
I do agree. The Hawks getting at Mackley in that lineup. He's just a young guy, but as you said, he's really quick. We've watched him and learn to play for a couple of terms now, so I'm really excited to to see what he does out there on the ice. Um, but I was really glad to hear in the wrap up from last weekend. Uh, the results of Jordan Conrad in Division 3 there because I was actually going to say that I was really wanting to see a little bit more out of him in Division 4. So the fact that, you know, he's getting on the scoreboard in Div 3 is massive and I hope that can uh, trickle down to his Division 4 play because um, he, he's, he's definitely someone to watch, someone I enjoy seeing out there. Um, he definitely knows what he's doing. He was a Division 4 player from a few years ago. Uh, so let's see if he can convert a little bit more in his competition this weekend. Um, next up, we will have the Bandits versus Hawks in Div 2. Yeah, this one will be a ripper game. Um, this, I think, uh, you know, I pick one every week. This is mine for this week. I think it's going to be game of the round. Bandits coming off that win. Um, and they, I think they do possess some of the most lethal scorers in the league. So the Hawks, you know, after that first loss last week, it'll be curious. I'll be, I'll be curious to see if they can uh, rebound. But it's going to be another tough test. Um, you know, I'm picking a bit of an underdog here, but I really think the Bandits have a good thing going, and I think they're going to be able to carry that into another win uh, and give the Hawks back-to-back losses. All right, interesting you say that. The Hawks did keep the Bandits to donuts last time they played each other. I think it was 5-0 from memory. So, um, yeah, curious to see if the Bandits can come back from that based off their win last week and right into this weekend. But I really think the Hawks will take that last loss uh, from the weekend, just go on to heart and really come out firing. So uh, time will tell, but I think the Hawks will get over the Bandits this week. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we will have first up the Hounds versus Bears in Div 2. Yeah, this one, it'll really depend on who shows up for the Bears. Like last week, we saw him missing some key players, and it did hurt them. Um, so I just got to imagine that both teams will have their full squads. Uh, and if they do, I think it's going to be a ripper game. I'm actually predicting a tie for this one. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think uh, both teams can, you know, uh, square off well against each other. A bit lost for words there because it is so even in my book. So I'm, I'm picking a tie, Matty, I think along the lines of 3-3. Yeah, this one's going to be interesting uh, to see the result, Dave. I think um, if the Hounds want to try get up over the Bears this week, they really need to activate a lot of their uh, playmaking players. Um, guys like Kazari, Andrew Shaw, Dan Fennick, uh, they're typically the guys that are out there creating space for their goal scorers and um of late i haven't seen that too much so um really hoping those three can get a little bit more creative out there this weekend and help produce on the score sheet um but for the bears i think really the guy that i need to see uh improve i think or be moved into maybe a different position is Bryn ultram um he plays at the back end there really stops a lot of the attack from opposing teams but you know, watching him over a long time now, since he was about 13 years old, he's got one of the best shots I've seen, but he's always playing D. He doesn't skate up the ice too much, uh, but I'd really like to see him get activated a little bit more, maybe have a few runs up front and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Bryn is just, he's a terrific skater, super fast, and um, a lot of smarts on that Bears team. You know, we saw a lot of players uh, come across from the women's team when they ceased operations this year, so... Um, it's going, to be, it's going to be a great game. All right, after that one, we have the Sharks versus Bandits from Division 3. Yeah, this one uh, yeah, this one will be good. The Sharks, you know, they went down to the Wolves there last week. 
Um, but I can just tell the way they're playing. They're, they're very hungry. They're not far off a win. Um, but the Bandits, you know, often you see when a team comes out and beats a big team like the Gold Miners, sometimes they take their foot off the gas. Uh, and you, you think that if the Bandits do that, the Sharks can and, and will get them. So if the Bandits can stay focused and, and show up with that same kind of work ethic and execution that they had against the gold miners, I think they'll beat the Sharks. But, um, you know, so yeah, my tip's with the Bandits because I think they should be able to do that. But, you know, it's not going to be easy. The Sharks are going to bring everything to this game and, and they are due and hungry for a win. So it's going to be great. Yeah, I think this game's always a bit of a barn burner. Um, last time, the the Bandits, I think, held the Sharks to zero in a 3-0 blowout there. So um, I, I'm going to tip the Sharks regardless, I think. I think they just need to stay the course. Um, Sienna's doing a great job from what I've observed so far, really trying to teach them some systems throughout the game. Obviously, they don't practice through the week, but um, she's really doing what she can with limited uh, minutes there to really get some structure to that team. So I think they just need to stay the course. You can see it on the score sheet with a few more players uh, getting some points now. Michelle Coulter getting a point there last week and Ken Shoring getting a goal, I think, two weeks ago now. But they're, they're getting a few more uh, points out of multiple players. So they're getting a little bit deeper. And I think if they just keep staying that course, then they're going to start to win some games. So I'm going to tip the Sharks versus the Bandits there. Last game up for this round, Davey. We have the Gold Miners versus Wolves on Sunday night. Who are you picking for this one? This one, I am picking the Wolves. I think them getting that taste of victory uh, last week and also the Gold Miners, you know, putting in a big effort but not getting rewarded against the Bandits. Um, I think they're going to be a bit fatigued from that and I think the Wolves are just going to carry that momentum into beating the Gold Miners. So the uh, Wolves are definitely the underdogs, but uh, you know I have faith in them uh, being able to, to get over the line. Yeah, I really don't know which one to pick in this game. Uh, looking at stats, they're very, very even. The Gold Miners are a little bit deeper. Um, overall as a team, they are a more disciplined team. Um, but... The, the Wolves do have Sam Biddles there, who's just absolutely firing right now. Got five goals on the year. So, you know, if the if the Wolves can find a way to get him the puck, I think they certainly have a good opportunity to take down this game. Uh, but as I said, the goal miners are very deep. So it's it's a game I'm going to be watching closely. But for me, I really, I don't think I can tip one, one way or the other. That's excellent, Matty. Uh, look, talking new players coming in um, to Division 4, but just uh, new players in general, you know, learn to play. We had a massive turnout there last Monday. Um, unfortunately, I was away. I was interstate. But uh, you were here, a lot of new faces. Um, what can you say about that, mate? Yeah, it was absolutely excellent. We had, you know, very close to, I want to guess, around 60 players out there. A lot of them... Uh, new but a lot of them just coming back for touching up their skills down the play the game end like the McCormicks um like the Tuckies so it was good to see them again but yeah certainly seeing a lot of new faces come in each week with roughly five to six new players wanting to come out and try the game so it was very exciting uh got to give a massive shout out to to one of our managers of the the, uh, program Chris Jones he handled it very well um, and also Amelia Matheson for jumping out there to assist us in the middle there as we had a few few more uh, the young kids getting out and having it a go. Yeah, look, like you said, it's great to see those players who have, have graduated learn to play and playing in the league, you know, just come back to touch up their skills because, 
You know, what we've found uh, over time is that's where some of the, the recruiting goes on. You know, you, you get, uh, as a player who plays in the league, you get talking to one of these newer players. Um, you know, hey, I think you might be a good fit on our team. When they sign up, they may request your team, and we always try to make that happen. So, you know, it's great seeing the, the more veteran players down there, one, working on their skills, but two, doing a bit of recruiting and just kind of spreading the word of, of um, how much fun it is to play in the league and, and getting the new players keen and, and eager to do that. Absolutely. Um, so we, we touched on it last week. Uh, about trying to get some of our big league alumni uh, involved in these podcasts, Dave, and we've managed to secure one. Um, so without further ado, we're going to jump across to uh, one of our first interviews with an alumni of the big league experience, Steve Bishop. All right, we're now joined by one of the big league experience for 2020 uh, alumni, Steve Bishop. Steve, thanks for joining us today on the flyby, um, where we're going to just discuss a little bit about your experiences last year and um, I guess a bit of reflection. Yeah, um, prior to signing up, I, I actually signed up pretty early. So uh, my it was a, a present to myself, um, well, basically from my family, I guess, for our 40th birthday and mm-hmm. a, so the original timing for that was uh, a little bit earlier than uh, when we ended up going, but um, I think I would have been one of the first to get my name on the cards. And it was really after hearing how the other guys went on their trip and, and just seeing some of the highlight photos that those guys had. And I'd always had the, the dream of getting over to Canada and, and then to be able to play hockey in Canada was just a, like a dream come true. Um, that's something that, uh, I think I was born in the wrong country. I should have been born over there. So <laughs> this this was a great chance to actually experience everything that that Canada had to offer and uh, and play hockey and be a part of a good team at the same time. So yeah, I just I, I was keen as as soon as I saw that the, the trip was going ahead, it was um, magic. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Actually, I remember it would it must have been even like 2017 or something that you signed up initially and. Um, we had to keep writing to you saying, Steve, sorry, we're not going this time around. Don't have to play yeah, it. Right. Well, this and that was happening. So, um, yeah, we were so keen to get you involved um, just based on that purely. You were just waiting around for so long with us and we definitely yeah. appreciated that patience throughout the process. Um, and we're hoping it's something that we can start to do a lot more frequently than, than we have so far, but um, it's certainly just about getting that momentum and the, the right amount of people to know that we can, you know, compete well in the games. We're not going to be too tired, even though, you know, due to unforeseen illnesses and stuff with some people, we did get pretty tired near the end there, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely appreciated your patience throughout those few years waiting to get it going. And in terms of that, I would say if, if, people have a chance in future to sign up for this thing don't don't muck around just sign up it's uh it's an absolute blast we actually have uh one person signed up for our potential 2022 trip which was kind of out of the blue but but also good to see but i like how you mentioned there steve is is you you wanted to um kind of experience it at some stage in your hockey career of playing hockey overseas and that's one of the cool things about the trip is that you know i've been overseas a number of times so has matt and and really anyone can go overseas and anyone can play a game of drop in overseas or, or maybe get on with the team. But um, what I like about this trip is it, is it you really have all that you have a whole, you're traveling with a whole team. So you, you really have, you know, in this case, I think it was 15 or 16 instant buddies 
that you're doing everything with. So you're not just going out for one game, um, but you know, you're experiencing that whole thing together. And then when we put the flag on the Jersey and all of a sudden where the, the Australian team type of thing, it, it just comes with it. A, um, a cool vibe. And even the play, people playing against us uh, really, they see it as a bit of a once in a lifetime as well. Like I know people come up to us kind of before, and after games when we're having a, a beer in the pub up top of the rink there just saying like, yeah, this, I, you know, in my hockey journey, I never thought I'd be playing against a team from Australia. So it, um, yeah. it's really cool on, on both sides of the coin. I think they're shocked to know that hockey is a sport <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, well, speaking of that, the whole uh, idea of, you know, instant friends, that sort of thing. Steve, do you have any thoughts around that initial arriving Sydney airport the morning of the, the uh, trip where, you know, you've, you're first meeting a couple of people for the first time. Um, what was your experience like sort of, I guess, getting familiar with who you were going to be with for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, it was, um, it was really good. Like I, uh, I ended up, I got a lift down with Nathan Freeman, one of the other guys on the team. And mm-hmm. um, so we, we shared a bit of a discussion in the car about uh, our hockey journeys. And, and that was a really good intro to, to someone I'd never met. And then you, you meet up and you know some people and, and not others at the airport. And everybody's in the same boat, but there's discussions going on where people who haven't seen each other for years have, have sort of caught up and, and you hear some of the stories that they have and, and, you share some of your own stories and it, it was it was a really good vibe from the very beginning and I think the the overwhelming excitement that uh, that this was about to become reality was um, was a thing it was just a really uh, a really cool atmosphere yeah yeah definitely I think I think as a player myself when I've done that I totally agree with what you're saying there when you're in the other side of things when you're a bit more management and having to organize and make sure everyone's going to make the trip. It was mm. a bit more stressful, I think for us, but um, I was glad, glad to hear that, you know, your experience there of initially just meeting people and feeling kind of relaxed, excited, all that sort of stuff. That's exactly what we wanted to try achieve out of that um, initial meetup. So that's really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into uh, day one. So started off, we, we didn't start like this, in the first trip, but this one has lined up perfectly for us where we pretty much landed um, straight into Vegas, quickly had a, uh, a team dinner. Well, I guess we put our luggage down in, in the hotel and had a team dinner and then straight off to game one of um, our NHL schedule with uh, the Golden Knights and the Oilers. Talk us through that experience. Yeah, well, I still remember getting off the, uh, the airplane and here's this massive big stretch bus sort of jet black thing waiting for us and yep. and we we thought we sort of instantly thought hang on are we we're, we're like a team here look at this this is unbelievable it's like being tra- treated like royalty and uh yeah rocking up to uh, one of the, the the big hotels in in vegas and like you said we, we had a, a probably an hour of downtime before we all caught up for dinner and um and then walked across the road to the to the vegas game and just the the atmosphere in that place i mean we were we were trashed with our eyes hanging out of our heads, but the atmosphere <laughs> in that place was just so, so heavy and high that uh, you, you couldn't help but get swept up in it. The yeah, the Vegas people know know how to put on a show, so it was uh, an amazing atmosphere to step into for our first game. I remember um, the yeah. Well, I actually forgotten about that bus, Steve. It was it kind of <laughs> looked. It was a weird shape on the outside. It was almost like one of those old school school bus shapes. So. Yeah. I remember me and Matt thinking, oh, hold on. Like, this is not really what we had ordered, you know, what we thought we'd <laughs> ordered. But, um, but yeah, it fit all the gear in 
okay and then we got inside and yeah it was all kind of blacked out the leather leather seats and we were like oh wow this is actually really nice but party lights yeah party lights yeah it's a bit of a party bus and then uh but getting to the hotel and and i've been to vegas uh before and you know we we'd done our research on on booking the hotel but you know and let until you see things in person um you never really know like i've been to plenty of places where they're like oh yeah it's close but you know you got to get a bus to travel. But but us being literally across the um, the road, uh, I wouldn't even call it a road, cr- across the courtyard from the yeah. the rink, and then T-Mobile um, out the window. Yeah, yeah, literally a lot of guys' rooms overlooked T-Mobile Arena. That coming downstairs, you, you walk out of your your hotel, and and probably it would take you a three minute walk through the outdoor bars and things like that to get to the rink. I just remember that atmosphere was electric with people lining up to get in to yeah. the doors and, and the whole thing about Vegas is that you can, you can drink everywhere. Like even on the street that there's all these pop-up bars and, and, and not everyone was drinking on our team. It's not all about that, but that just brings with it a cool energy of everyone's out having a good time. Um, so yeah, I was gassed sure. after the flight, but it was almost like a shot of coffee where I was like, Whoa, this is, I'm turned on now. You know, I'm ready to, ready to go watch some hockey. Yeah, the, the crowd, the lights and the sounds, everything's just big and, and right there in your face and you can't help but sort of be amped up by it, I think. Yeah, and then in the arena, um, the like I've been to a few different NHL rinks and they, they're all awesome. Um, and in the warm-up in particular, you know, the music gets pumping and you feel real good. But um, I just remember sitting in my seat in the warm-up and the music was pumping so loud that I could feel the bass like hitting my body. Yet it didn't hurt my ears. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel loud. It was just, um, it's obviously quite a quality system, but I, I honestly th- felt I could have left after the warm up and, and I would have been satisfied. Like obviously not, I wanted to see the game, but it was, it was entertainment in itself just watching the warm up in that, in that building. Um, Maddie, do you like, do you recall the same thing? Yeah, definitely. I think I was that tired uh, once we got to the hotel. And then as soon as you started to come out, around the T-Mobile, listening to that atmosphere. Like it was literally a party two hours before the game. Um, but absolutely, I remember just that bass and the sound just traveling entirely through your body the entire game. I think it was sort of a perfect way to start and keep you, uh, I guess, awake for that um, jet lag and all that sort of thing um, to get through. And just, it was just such an exciting game um and just you know the drums the drama all that sort of stuff it was absolutely i guess what i expected out of vegas but it also just blew my mind with uh how entertaining it was at the same time so and steve i take i um that was your first ever nhl game correct yeah that's right wow what a what a uh, and, what a first experience yeah for sure i took a few minutes of a video of the introduction and i just i watch it back every now and again and it's just, yeah the whole the whole rink is a television screen as they display snapshots of past games and the players yeah. and, and they've got their show of the, the Knights coming on through like the, the battle Royal sort of going on in the middle <laughs> yeah. of it. It's just, just unbelievable the way they, yeah, the way they amp up the crowd. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think um, hindsight, Maddie, and, and um, we all spoke about this kind of during the trip is, is although it worked out really well, like we everyone kind of found the energy to enjoy that game, and, and even some guys still went on, you know, kicked on for a couple of drinks after. I know I didn't. I was I was lights out right after the game. But um, you know, hindsight, we would probably try if the schedule permitted to 
put that on the next night. So we get to Vegas, have a team meal. Everyone can go, you know, do their thing. But we kind of hit that NHL game with a bit more sleep under our belts. Like it worked out okay. But I th- again, if we were really polishing it up, we'd probably give it another day. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, which ties in well with the next day. Because I remember, I don't know about you, Steve, but Dave and I woke up the next day. And I think it was 1pm or something ridiculous. We missed the entire morning. But what was your next day? Like, it was a day off because we knew the jet lag was going to be an issue and we had that first game. Uh, so we kind of gave the players a chance just to walk the strip and, and kind of do whatever you wanted to do for the day until we had a, um, a team dinner that evening. What did you get up to on that next day, if anything? Yeah, so Nathan and I, we, we were we slept in a little bit, but uh, but not too much. And we ended up, we sort of stuck together for that day and, and ended up walking about 40,000 steps. Um, wow. <laughs> back down the strip, we walked all the way down to the Vegas sign, then turned around and walked two-thirds of the way back up the strip the other direction. And um, just just to get a, uh, a bit of an experience of, of what was in Vegas, we went through some of the casinos and, and looked at the, the money that's involved in, in the, those buildings and the Venetian and the Flamingo and all these things you, you see on television, um, just sort of soaking them up and seeing seeing what they're made of and, and really the the size of them, how how vast they are and how much like there's many cities inside each one. It's just unbelievable. So so yeah, we sort of wandered up and back, and then um, that night we ended up going for a bit more of a wander and checking out the night highlights. So uh, again, just try and check it all out and see as much as we could knowing that we're only there for that one day. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, I'm glad you ended on that. Cause I was about to ask you, did you feel that the one day was kind of enough of Vegas there or did you, would you in hindsight think two days, what would, what would your thought be around that? For me, I was, I was keen to get to Canada. So mm-hmm. that personally, I was happy with a day in Vegas, like a, a full day in Vegas. Um, seeing the, the NHL game and then moving on to, to what I was more interested in, which was sort of the, uh, the laid back atmosphere of Canada, I guess. Um, yep. Yeah. The Vegas was a bonus and I can say I've done it now, but I was happy to get up into the, the nice cool weather in Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of, um, so yeah, the next day we, it was a bit more of a travel day um, flying out of Vegas said direct to Calgary, which was good. But um, yeah, we arrived that afternoon to check in at the Fairmont Palace, which is the same hotel we stayed at in 2016. It's um, one of the hotels that a lot of the NHL teams do stay at. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't run into any of the teams this time round. But what was your kind of impression walking up that main entranceway into the Palace? Yeah, I, I just remember thinking we're, we're almost being treated like royalty. You walk into this, uh, this is a big hotel with um, big marble pylons and a fancy restaurant downstairs and it sort of blew me away a bit because I really didn't expect to be staying in something so sort of upmarket I guess I uh I thought we'd be just looking for some some random cheap motel type accommodation but uh, yeah that blew me away it uh it was one thing in um in 2016 when we first went to the Palliser it uh the trip was in November and uh Obviously, you know, getting toward Christmas, they had uh, in the foyer was all decked out with their Christmas decorations and it was a massive Christmas tree. And and it being our first time running the trip back then, I remember Matt and I walking in and to get everyone ready and we were kind of like, uh-oh, 
is <laughs> just kind of double checking like this is what we've paid for right this is the right seems, place yeah it just seems a bit too good but uh, we didn't have the christmas decorations this time but it is a just an awesome hotel with a, a ton of history and they always treat us like gold um like matt yeah. was saying in the nhl teams visit there in the 2016 trip we had for a couple of days we had the chicago blackhawks staying there and guys were in the elevator with patrick kane and Taze and things and getting selfies with them which was pretty cool so <laughs> yeah, that would have been next level yeah it's a, it's an older hotel um but but I, I i like it like the vegas one was more modern which was was really nice with those modern kind of luxuries this one um, a bit of an older feel, but but I don't know. It just made me feel a bit, bit more comfortable, perhaps because we were there for longer, or just because of the the older feel. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, I want to jump into now probably an experience that I'll never forget, just purely based off, you know, not being sure if we were ever going to make it to this game or not. But the the Western Hockey League game in Red Deer, um, <laughs> it had snowed all day. Dave was brave enough to get us to jump in the bus and, and take us out there. Uh, run us through your experience, Steve. How did you feel, one, getting there, and then two, about that game? Yeah, I've, I've never really uh, – well, not that I was driving, but I've never really been in, in a car with snow sort of covering the roads and mm. and uh, sort of sitting in behind Dave, behind Dave and, and watching as the snow falls, literally falls, while we're driving on these quite icy-looking roads. But uh, – yeah, I had every confidence in Dave. He, he seemed very relaxed behind the wheel, so that was that was a, a good feeling to have. And then when we got to um, to Red Deer, the uh, there was still the snow coming down, and, and I took a photo and some video just because I it's sort of something you don't really experience um, anywhere else. Just you're you're in just a normal town, and and snow falling all around you. Everything's covered in white. And, all the locals probably hate it, but for me, it's like some sort of wonderland. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought it was a cool touch too. Um, to get that little tour of the the change room while the guys were out on the ice warming up and um, having, I guess, a bit of an insight into what change rooms look like at the the pro level and all that sort of stuff. We are a bit surprised at the layout of the rooms and the different sections, you know, like the... Uh, the washrooms, the room to hang your uh, clothes, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was really surprised with the size of it. I mean, yes, this is a, a, a WHL team, I guess, but um, the, the the fact that they've got such good facilities set up there and, um, and, and that we had the opportunity to go through there was uh, really special just to – and, I mean, we, we watched the players as they went out onto the ice as well. We were right there. Um, and, and being shown around just after they'd exited. So such a, a good experience. And, um, yeah, going through their change rooms, being able to get photos of, of uh, the rooms and, and uh, I've got a photo. I'm just looking at a couple of photos here, the pucks that they had with uh, all of the results um, of each of their games for the season and, and right. a puck yeah. with the, the logo of each team that they played and whether they won or lost. It's, yep. um, yeah, really cool to see. Mm, yeah, I remember – um, that trip like the roads it was it was obviously icy and very cold that was probably since we got to canada the coldest it had been and um i don't know if it's worth it. fortunately because it was funny now we look back on it but unfortunately my biggest memory of that trip it was um it was uh kind of the first coming of phil mcginnis who had been on our 2016 trip as well so you'd think he would be a seasoned pro um, snow was falling heavily, very cold. So after the game, as crowds are leaving, we we 
arranged. You know, some guys are buying merchandise. Some guys are going to the bathroom. We, we don't want it to be, you know, like school. Like we, we move as a group, but you can also go and do your own thing. So we have meeting points and, you know, we're going to meet in the foyer as a team and then walk out to the bus. So we're in the foyer, no sign of Phil. And <laughs> Phil can't get through to his phone because a lot of guys rely on Wi-Fi and everything else. Can't get through, can't get through. Well, okay, we'll, uh, we'll get these guys to the bus, get it turned over and warmed up, and then we'll, we'll continue the search party for Phil. And we, we walk out there and there's Phil standing in the middle of a, a blizzard freezing <laughs> next to the bus. And we're like, Phil, we're meeting the foot. Oh, I thought we were meeting them in the bus. And, uh, but good on him. He, he toughed it out and he survived, thankfully. And, uh, and that was just the first of many Phil stories when it came to meeting points and standing in the cold. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, let's jump into now. Um, I guess the first experience for you walking into the Windsport Arena. I remember in 2016, Dave obviously knew the facility but i had never been there before and i was just jaw dropped at you know just walking past the first uh sheet of ice i was like oh that's pretty cool like sort of similar to to newcastle um and then going oh hang on there's a second one right next to it and then oh you're kidding me there's another one and then you keep going down the down the track there and they've got these two beautiful other ones that obviously they can um have bowl seating in and all that sort of stuff um, and just being blown away by how many ice surfaces they had inside that place. Was that a similar experience for you? Yeah, like you said, I mean, <laughs> never been anywhere where there's four rinks all in a row. And and each one, well, you went past the first three, which are um, sort of standard with uh, a little bit, little bit of seating. And then the fourth one, which is essentially an arena. And, uh, and uh, there was myself and a couple of other guys that went for a bit of a look just to, to see what was around. And we ended up walking into the, um, the scorer's box of a, a game that was still going on at the time on the main arena and uh, having a chat to one of the guys that works at the rink there. And he was telling us a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of information about the rink and, uh, and the teams. And yeah, that was, it was really good that everyone's so friendly, but uh, yeah, the size of the place is just amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, totally totally agree i think it's it was a no-brainer that we wanted to to go back and and use that as our base arena again um this time around just the people there are super friendly and, and were very inviting of, of us and um set yeah. us up in that beautiful change room as well which was really handy to be able to leave our equipment there and dry it out and all that sort of stuff so yeah definitely a top class um place to to be linked with that, uh, yeah, that had been one of my worries. That what what you do with your gear in between games? Uh, how does it get a chance to dry out? And then to find out we can just leave it in the rink in our own special change room. That was, uh, yeah, again treated like stars. Yeah, the um, that change room was awesome and and a full size room where everyone had their own stall and probably almost too big. <laughs> like you, it was just massive. And there we because we you know we'd have the biggest team. There was spare stalls and um, everyone was well spread out which was great for you know being comfortable and and kind of walking in you had a lot of space but um i, I felt at times you were almost kind of shouting out across the room because it was just uh, so far away it was probably you know without exaggerating it was probably three of the newcastle dressing rooms put together is that do you reckon that's accurate steve or a bit smaller yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. If you uh, if you took one of the, the change rooms and basically, well, take three of the change rooms and basically knock the walls out, you wouldn't be far off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the showers and everything in there, the, the whole whole box of dice. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was awesome. It's it's one of it's one of the best touches. Like we know, obviously, from playing with the North Stars, it's great when you don't have to touch your gear and, and lug it in and out. But um, you know, it's good just knowing it's there at the rink. It's it's all dry. Um, you just kind of got to walk in with your coffee and uh, and get changed. It's, it's really <laughs> a great right. touch. You, it makes you feel like a pro. Now, before we jump into the actual games, um, I want to touch on a few of the activities that we got up to during the trip. Um, and one of them was the curling at the Calgary Curling Club, um, yeah. kind of a couple of days into our trip. Um, what, how did you find that? Had you ever curled before? What, what would you kind of relate it to? Nah, never done it before. I guess the closest you get to do is lawn bowls, and even that is uh, a very different thing. A Although stretch, the, way, yeah. <laughs> the way I did curling is much more similar to lawn bowls. I um, <laughs> I, I got onto the, the little pad the first time and went sliding and, and ended up toppling sideways, and I thought my body's not going to cope if I fall <laughs> hard on this. Uh, so I ended up giving the giving the sliding away and just placing myself on the mat and, and uh, kind of doing like a lawn bowling throw and uh, felt a bit safer close to home instead of sliding out there. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, some, some, some of the guys, guys were really were, charging. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was about to say was, that too. I was paired up with Justin Harrison, the goalie, and, and he was sliding. Yeah, basically, he'd let go of the, the little stone just before he crossed the line and keep sliding for another 10 metres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like a great time. I think it's just a, a good opportunity for guys to – to learn something new that's quite traditional over there and, and also a bit of a team bonding thing, have some laughs, watch some guys spill. Um, I think Nath actually may have hurt himself a little bit on that elbow. Um, <laughs> but all in all, I think the guys really enjoyed that experience. Yeah, and it's something you, you're never going to get to do again. There's, there's so few places that you can do it. Mm, absolutely. Um, the other the other significant one, unfortunately, I wasn't a part of this one, but I heard some really good things about it, was the um, the dog sledding tour. Um, yeah. So I believe that was the day that you guys were heading off to Banff area. And on the way um, to Banff, you stopped off and did the, the dog sledding. How, how was that experience? Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. You just you're in the mountains of, um, of Canada, not far from Banff, like you said. And um, once you got into that sled and the dogs were quiet. There was just peace and quiet all around you. And you just, you're on a, on the back of a sled going between tree uh, on a path with, with trees lined either side and, and just so peaceful. And um, yeah, again, it's just, you, you can't, you can't describe what you're seeing when you're doing that sort of thing. It's just amazing to see and, and to think that you get the chance to actually do it. And I know, out of the, the photos that I sort of put up on Facebook, that was one of the things that people were very jealous of. <laughs> um, just the, just the, the fact that it's such a, such a tranquil place. And it's the, the, the picture that people have in their minds, I think of, of uh, Outback Canada as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, did you get a chance to like meet the dogs and stuff while you were there? Or is it just purely they're kind of separate? You just jump on the back and away you go. Yeah, we got the opportunity to to walk the line of dogs, and we got introduced to every dog, and and wow. got to to pat them, and um and and sort of uh, yeah, have a almost a personal relationship with them. One funny thing, which I'll mention, just because everybody got a bit of a laugh at it, I think Benny Benny Kirkman got it on video. Was um at the halfway point, we'd gone out and we were looking across a lake with our hot chocolates, and uh, we we got to I think Jason Chalker said, "Don't stand too close to the trees because that's where the snow builds up." And I'm, I'm a couple of feet away from a little tree and, 
we just just turning back to head back towards the sleds and um, just as I've turned my left foot's just gone two feet into the snow <laughs> so I'm standing there with half a hot chocolate trying not to tip that out while I'm digging myself out of a hole and all I did was was dig more holes as I got myself out so that, <laughs> oh, was, that's that awesome. was good fun yeah I, love I sort of sensed it was about to happen just as it happened <laughs> oh that's brilliant <laughs> I have to see that footage I don't know if I've seen that yet I think I he hope... put it in, it made his video. The, okay. Put together yeah. a little video, it was in there. Yeah. yeah, it does bring back some sort of vague memory, but I'll definitely have to go back <laughs> and, and see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Dave, did you end up having a go at that or were you just running the uh, the bus that day? Just running the bus that day. No, I didn't I didn't do the dog sledding. I, I had done dog sledding um, before in Quebec and uh, so I'd kind of thought, oh, you know what, I've done that. I'll, I'll just do some admin stuff while the guys are are doing that but hearing stories like what steve just mentioned i was kind of kicking myself because all the dog sledding i'd done in quebec i'd done it a couple of times is you know it was, it was unreal don't get me wrong but we went on the trails you had to go standing on the back of the sled kind of controlling the brake and also sitting in the front um and that was it whereas this one yeah like stopping kind of part of the way through and the, and the guy makes you a hot chocolate and you're meeting the dogs and you're just um you know everyone raved about that kind of really picturesque spot Mm. Um, where they had the break um i really feel i had a, had a big sense of fomo for that so you know if we go back that's something I'll, I'll definitely be doing so now let's jump into the game so if memory serves i think was it actually seven games in seven days i think it was did, did we have a, a break one evening or was it straight uh i'm gonna pull it up while we talk about it but if, if it wasn't seven and seven it was damn close because we also had three strikes sure yeah, and, uh, yeah. the first night we arrived in calgary we um you know we got we actually took a, the bus out and to hang our equipment in the room and have a practice as well um so with the practices it was almost you know you're doing something every day which in hindsight wasn't ideal but uh yeah, while we're chatting, I'll just bring it up here, Matty, and see, in fact... Yeah, well, based off seven. the itinerary, it's, it definitely looks like we did seven in seven, yeah, which okay. is absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> I, th- yeah, I think that's... some of us burned out because of that too. Partway through, we, uh, we we picked up a cold that was shared amongst the team and that's um, right. Yeah. slowed us all down for a little bit. I had a couple of days there, I know, where uh, I felt like death warmed up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was definitely... Uh, a professional experience on steroids, I think. So I don't yeah. think there's any league in the world that would have seven in seven, but it was seven in seven. So, so we practiced yeah. on, on the Friday uh, that we got into Calgary. Then we had a day off the next day because we were in red deer. And then the day after that, yes. um, we went bang, bang, bang. And then two of those days we mixed in practices, which ended up being optional. If guys were obviously sick and or tired <laughs> from, yeah. from putting their skates on. I don't think we had too many of that last one, but uh, yeah, seven in seven, which, is not ideal. That was obviously worst case, you know, and, and spe- more so, you know, now learning from doing the trip, uh, especially with the numbers we have, we, we needed more rest time. Um, fatigue and, and sickness caught us in the end there and, and cost us some games, I think, although we had a, a great effort in that that uh, last game, which we'll probably get to later on. But yeah, 17-7 seven seven is uh, no easy feat. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I don't want to go through every game individually, Steve, but I suppose overall, just um, give us your thoughts around, I guess, the competition, the the games themselves, and obviously the the major highlight of your first goal that I still remember distinctly being on the bench there and just watching it as it was almost like um, the parting of the seas where everyone just separated and the goalie didn't see it and um, it went down short left um sorry, on the far left side, you shot from the right-hand side and um, 
yeah, just remember seeing your face just absolutely light up. So I guess, can you, yeah, give us a bit of um, your story around the, the games and that experience in, in general? Yeah, just on that goal, it was, uh, it, it wasn't until we went and played at the, the Iceman's rink that I finally got one in the back of the net. But, uh, and I guess playing defence for most of the, the time, that's, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll take that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was still, I, I, I was really glad that I ended up scoring one. Yeah, that, that made my day. So, uh, but in terms of the, the, the players that we played, there, there, there were a couple of guys who, who sort of took it a bit more seriously than what we would expect, I guess. But uh, yep. for the most part, everybody was there to, to have a great time. And um, the, the quality of players that we were playing against was, well, from, from my perspective, the, the level that I play, it, it, was, uh, it was a good level to play against. They, they had some very good players and everyone over their slap shots hard. <laughs> There's mm. no one with a weak slap shot. <laughs> and... Um, I'm glad we had a couple of you guys to to help us at the back there because otherwise it would have been a bit of a struggle. But overall, having having a couple of the AI level players mixed in with the rest of us made for a a really good balance of, of yep. team, I think, and that that's what helped us perform quite well in the games we played. We we had a good mix. Everybody was contributing, and um, the when when the Lindsay line first made an appearance, that was a bit of a moment too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty special. It's I think it was the first time that I got to play with Dad and, and my uncle in the same line, so that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah, only only good memories from it. Um, I was partnered up with Benny Kirkman for for quite a bit of it, and he's he must have magnets in his skates or something that just attack, <laughs> attach the, the attract the puck because he he could stand. There was one time I still remember he was standing about ten feet to the side of the goals and still got hit by a slap shot. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's something about Benny where the puck just finds him. Yeah, absolutely. I totally remember that. Just blocking shots left, right and centre, <laughs> even in the corners somehow. Yeah, that was That's hilarious. Right. Um, what would you have said is the most memorable game? Do you think it was the Iceman one? I know, obviously, you scored that game, but I just remember the the experience of that one was quite cool. Just the, um, the way he treated the game, just the hype, the anthem, all that stuff. Um, what was your thoughts? Yeah, def- definitely the Iceman game. Um, he-, he led off with the Australian national anthem, and uh, and so it only only got better from there. He's refereeing the game. He's he's hyping it up. He's he's got name tags for us in the change room, <laughs> prizes for uh, for for people on the team for their contributions, and yeah, he uh, he-, he really made it an en- enjoyable game. And he had guys along that were were there for. Uh, the enjoyment of playing against an Australian team. So that was, uh, it was a really good game to be a part of. So definitely the highlight. Yep. I remember mm. Dave uh, telling me about this guy and uh, when we first uh, had a meeting, just a Skype or a Zoom meeting with him, he referred to himself as the Iceman. And I just looked at Dave. I was like, this guy's got to be kidding himself. Who, <laughs> who talks like that? But um, he was a real deal. Like he, he was just a showman. He's a pure entertainer. And um, I was so glad that we ended up um, agreeing and, and having a game scheduled by him because that experience was definitely uh, one to remember. Yeah, for sure. With the hype that went up from, from Dave, the, the way that Dave was talking up, I really didn't know what to expect. I was expecting this guy that was just going to be in your face and, and talking about everything in the third person. But uh, <laughs> he, was a, he was a really lovely guy. Yeah. He's excellent, and he, um, I think he, he even brought out there was, oh geez, my, I correct my memory if I'm wrong here, guys, but there was probably 20 people watching, 
yep. that he yeah, had brought yeah, out um, just just to watch the game, which was excellent. <laughs> that was our only game that we didn't play at Winsport. So that was our, our only road game of the trip. And um, yeah, the the name bars in the dressing room with a with a, a Gatorade and a Cliff Bar and a, <laughs> it was um, and then at the we actually was it I think we overtime was that when Chalker won that for us in overtime yeah, or yeah. sudden death I think because it was tied or um that was uh, an excellent game and then yeah the ceremony after there was um you know there was that many awards getting handed out and then a big <laughs> big um hamper with all this this award like prizes in it and I thought that's what we had won and then uh and then he brings out this giant trophy uh that we had won you know the kind of the Iceman Cup so that was excellent yeah he is a, an entertainer and and I think all the guys still all the guys that I talked to about the trip still talk about that and you know I keep in touch with with the Iceman and we um will will do more games against them in the future in fact you know there'll, there'll be a bit of a series where um a best of three or something like that yeah. with with different groups but um yeah he's you know I think he gets it he's all about what what we're all about and that is just providing a, a really cool experience for the guys and and the hockey was bang on that I think that was probably one of the closest game like we had other games where we won we had other games, other games where we lost which which were all close but i think that was probably the best like soar off as far as level goes like every shift literally could have gone either way yeah i think did, did he wave a goal off from nath as well that's the oh. only thing I'm, I'm a bit bitter at because nath <laughs> yeah. scored a beauty rebound goal yeah. And I think he was playing to the crowd a little bit and uh, he reviewed it. He called in, called into Toronto. There was a bit of a delay. Um, <laughs> and uh, he just emphatically waved it off. No goal, goaltender interference. But um, yeah, we're not counting that. We, we, Nath got, it was a ripper goal. Oh, he's, he scored. He oh, scored. Yeah, absolutely. He scored. And, uh, but, you know, the fans loved it. And uh, <laughs> we, it was, we all had a bit of a laugh, except, you know, it sucks for Nath that he called it back, but it was a ripper mm. goal. Absolutely. Now I'm conscious of the time here, but um, obviously the the tail end I uh, wasn't around for. But I just wanted to get um, just your uh, interpretations and experiences on the the back end of the trip, Steve, where you guys headed off to um, the Calgary Flames game, and then the next day I think went off to Edmonton, I believe, or maybe it was before then. Um, Edmonton after Edmonton, Edmonton after, after. Yeah. okay yeah yeah so um Flames versus Arizona one night and then travel to Edmonton the next day to see the Oilers versus Blue Jackets how was that experience yeah that's right we actually got a Flames training in too which was uh another another highlight just that's seeing right. those guys yep. training um so that was that was really good too to see that sort of behind the scenes look in in a very limited crowd and then the uh, the Flames game was another another great one yeah it was um obviously a very different atmosphere to what you get when you go to Vegas, but it was, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I think much more of a, um, what, what I'd expect in terms of a hockey game and, and uh, still, still a, a very pumping atmosphere, but just more, more in line with what I, I'd probably expect to see like more, more subdued people, not, not over the top. Yeah. Um, more Canadian people, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. And was it that night, Dave, that you took us out to the, uh, the pub with the, Rodeo Bull, it was yeah. We we, yeah. we we it was a pretty busy day that one. Yeah, we started with the Flames practice, then we had a game um, against the Wind Sports staff actually, and then uh, and yeah, team dinner. 
downtown, then the Flames game. Yeah, and then for anyone who was game, we went out to uh, Ranchman's, a pub, uh, which was actually in the movie Cool Runnings. Um, very iconic bar, which is sadly closed down, another victim of COVID, but uh, probably see it open one day, um, I, I would hope, because it was it's a legendary bar, yeah, with, with Taco, the mechanical bull, and um, got the guys bull rides if, if they wanted it, which... Um, I know Kirk Ben and Taya ended up jumping up. Yeah, yeah, Taya <laughs> as well, and and they did great. And um, you know, we didn't have a, a late, a super late night there. It was just, it was starting to fill up. The line dancing was going. I know Kirkman had a had a go at the line dancing and Taya as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that was a night pretty pretty full on day. Yeah, it was. It was a big day, but again, lots of fun and great to see another game of hockey too at that level. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were your thoughts, Steve, on the Edmonton game? Because that that's something. Um, obviously, the Vegas was new. We didn't do that in 2016, but we we added in the Edmonton leg also, and and um, kind of tried our hand at getting, uh, well, kind of a box for the guys. It ended up being um, uh, more of like a shared suite where we had our own section of seating, but there were a number of of those suites which um, backed on to a kind of an all you can eat buffet or a number of all you can eat buffets with some different food um that was another thing we were trying for the first time so i weren't sure what to expect um you know i thought it was good and bad for different reasons but what were your thoughts on it yeah i'd say much the same it was a it was a really good experience and and all you can eat food and then you just wander down to your seat and uh grab it grab a drink on your way down that kind of thing that was all good but it's just that the location of it meant you were a bit more out of the action and the the vibe of the the building you, you weren't sort of in amongst the mm. uh the masses and and uh so everything felt just a little bit more distant so um yeah it was good but i i guess i would almost feel like you'd be better off in amongst the crowd and getting that real real feeling of of the game yeah i agree it was yeah it had all the comforts and and it you know we were so tired by the end of that trip i, I know my body was pretty beat up from all the games that it did feel good to be able to stretch out and not have to line up for the bathroom and for food and things like that. But, but I do agree that the previous two NHL games we went to, it was a great atmosphere. And I did feel like that game was a great atmosphere as well, but it was almost like we were watching it from afar. Um, the the yeah. atmosphere that is and good view of the game and all that. But yeah, you're just a little bit more as you re- removed probably by design. Cause you know, if, if companies or, or businesses are buying those suites and bringing clients or whatever else they probably want to have a chat and and kind of talk about things but um but yeah i think uh you know it's a cool experience i'd I'd want to try um see what else is out there to get that that luxury of of all those good things like the the bathrooms the food the seating but um yeah like you said i think guys like myself really value that that atmosphere you know we want to be you know high-fiving guys in the crowd when the home team scores and and things like that. yeah that's right yep and uh, and seeing the Gretzky uh, statue at the front, that was that was pretty cool too. Yeah, so, oh, iconic, wow. wasn't it? yeah, yeah, that was that was, that was that was pretty special. Yeah, nice. And I mean, that that night was a it was a pretty cold night too. I, I don't know what it got down to, but I know um, I I hadn't worn thermals under my jeans that night, and the walk to the to the stadium was was pretty damn cold. I think it it was around the minus between minus thirteen and minus eighteen kind of uh, wow. temperature. The wind, the wind just so, goes right. <laughs> the wind was howling, yeah. yeah. So and and um, Benny Kay and I took a little bit longer getting back to the bus. I think there was a few grumpy people by the time we got there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Phil, I think Phil did another um, 
you know, meet you at the meeting spot that's not the meeting spot on that night. Um, <laughs> not surprised. Because I remember him, him yeah, being a bit late, but I think he actually stayed indoors this time, which was which was good. There was, yeah, I do recall there was a bit of a run around to try and find the missing <laughs> missing player. Yeah, and and also just to backtrack a little bit on the games, um, you know, Calgary's well known for the Calgary Stampede and. And big part of the stampede is that uh, you know to fit in, you got to get around town in your in your cowboy hat. Um, and the the white hats are uh, generally those of, of volunteers or or kind of locals that are going to help tourists show the way. And it's so the white cowboy hat is pretty iconic with Calgary. And um, we bought one of them. We've done this both trips uh, for MVP of each game. They wear that hat until the next game. Um, as a as a sign that you know we want to let everyone know that they uh, they were the best jackaroo that day and and it got shared around well and um, we actually ended up we didn't do it in 2016 uh, unfortunately but from that we learned we should give that away and and kind of gave an MVP of the the tournament and that was Benny Kirkman so he's he's got that hat I hope <laughs> still got that hat somewhere tucked away <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. All right. Well, Steve, we've kept you for an hour almost here. So um, we really appreciate <laughs> oh, it's you. It's, yeah. it's reliving good memories. Yeah, exactly. No, we appreciate your time time tonight and yeah, kind of going back through it. It's, it's been awesome to touch base with you again. Um, but is there anything that you, you want to add to finish up here before we, we wrap up? Uh, I, I would just, I mean, obviously the chance isn't available at the moment. We were, we were extremely lucky with our timing. Yeah. We, we got back on March 10th and everything shut down about a week later. Um, so, so that was really lucky for us, but obviously there's not, no, no, not much chance at the moment of people doing this trip, but uh, I'd certainly encourage anyone in, in the hockey community. If you get the opportunity, don't, don't sort of second guess whether it's going to be worthwhile. It's it's a hundred percent worthwhile and you'll make friends for friends for life and um, experiences that you'll never forget. That, that's awesome, Steve. We, we appreciate you saying that. And, and we believe it too. Like we, you know, we really, you know, we ask you guys for feedback after the trip and we, we really take it to heart. And, and I, um, we were confident that we had outdone the 2016 trip when we did the 2020 trip. And, um, even though things are on pause right now with, um, you know, COVID around the world where we have been working away um, a little bit, just kind of planning things, just kind of polishing it up, seeing what, what worked, what didn't work. And, you know, I'm really excited for when the world does open up again to, to outdo that trip, which will be difficult, but um, yeah, I'm eager to, it will be a matter of both eager to get that done. Yeah. You guys deserve a big congrats for the, for the quality of, of the organization of it too. It just ran so smoothly. Everything was organized up front. I could see occasionally you guys would duck away and, and do your do your admin work and organize the next league, but uh, it, it just ran like clockwork. There was never a doubt of, of what was coming up and where we were going to head to. And when we had the free time, it was all really well sorted. So yeah, That's it, awesome. it put the rest Thanks. of us at, at ease. Thanks, mate. Yeah, we definitely love we learned a few things from 2016. I remember just to wrap up here, but um, when we when we went the first time, we uh, through our our company bank, we got those traveler cards, like essentially credit cards that you preload um, to to use on the trip overseas. And uh, the whole idea is obviously like less bank fees and all that sort of stuff. Um, but what we didn't get told at the time was it would take a few days for the money to get transferred onto the cards um, to be able to use them. And I remember the first night we, we went through Vancouver on the 2016 trip and we went to pay the hotel uh, the first night there for the stay and it kept declining. 
And oh. um, I just remember David and I looking at each other just going, oh no, this is day one and it's already a disaster. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely things we learned uh, for 2020. So I'm glad to hear that it seemed like it went smoother. Uh, so that's excellent. <laughs> you guys did it well. I tell you what, if um, you know, one day we could almost almost write a book of uh, what what almost went wrong. You know, I remember <laughs> I recall going through airports and uh, everyone's checked in, you know, about to go through the gate, and we look back and there's a there's a stray hockey bag just sitting on the, the ground. <laughs> no one no one's put it on the luggage belt, so us running back and getting on the luggage belt and and little things like that. But um, we did have the hockey bag stuck at one point, didn't we? The uh, the stick bag. That's right. Yeah, we did. Yes, that who, who was right. it that, that was, was a, stuck behind with that? Yeah, that was um, that was Kirkman. The, yeah, Kirkman. That yeah. was a uh, long delay. <laughs> we were a bit worried if it was going to get through the the security because you know, as you know, going through the US and Canada checkpoints, the bags all get screened and whose bag is it? Where's your boarding pass? Things like that. And there was a long yeah. delay. It made me a bit nervous, but. Um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> just added to the trip. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it's all about. Like we, you know, our job is to um, try do our best to deflect all those curveballs, So you guys don't have to, you know, see or hear about them. So uh, it keeps us on our toes, but makes for a smoother trip. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Steve, for your time. Really appreciate it. It's good to catch up with you again. Um, and I'm yeah, sure thank we, you very will, much. we will catch you around the rink while you're playing in the, the autumn league this this season as well. So um, just quickly, yeah. Steve, um, you know this is going to be on the flyby, obviously. And uh, the Hawks hit a hit a bit of a road bump last week, getting their first loss. Uh, this week, you come up against the Hounds. Um, yep. What's uh, how do you predict it going? I think um, on the the weekend just gone. I mean, we had quite a lot of shots. We had up over thirty shots to nineteen, I think. So. Um, we need to start to convert a bit more of those um, shots and, and get our percentage goals up um, and just, I think, get a little bit tighter. We're a little bit loose with some of our passing and defence, uh, so we, we need to tighten that back up again and, and get back to the sort of hockey we were playing the, the couple of weeks before where um, everything just sort of flowed and, and everybody was on the same page. Nice. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, uh, you know, I was surprised you guys lost last week um well not surprised but you're you're a pretty good unit the hawks but uh, i'll be interesting to see how you go this week the hounds are coming off a high so uh you know i'd predicted it to be one of the games of the round yeah i'm I, I expect the other teams to get stronger they've got very good teams on paper so it's just a matter of time before they click i think absolutely all right mate we'll wrap it up um again appreciate your time and we'll uh, chat again soon great thanks very much guys thanks no. right, see you later <laughs> thanks man. bye all right and that's it for the interview this week i want to give a huge thanks to steve for taking the time and it was very cool to hear some of those stories uh that he had to share with us uh it's brought back some really good memories and can't wait to do that again hopefully we see steve on a future trip um now just to wrap up for this week's episode dave for dave's question corner we just want to talk a little bit about some ball hockey so let's jump straight in yeah absolutely uh it was just something that you know i was talking to someone uh the other week and and i just found it really fascinating and it it made us have a conversation about how things are run here 
uh, in drop-in compared to in the league. And obviously in the league, you know, we, we tr- try to make the experience as professional as possible by by keeping good management of the stats and schedule on the website, refereeing games, scorekeepers, shots on goal, things like that. But um, it was uh, in Calgary, actually, they have a ball hockey league, which is is popular in North America uh, in the winter. Those who don't skate and play hockey, they run around a gym and play ball hockey. So essentially, just with a stick, gloves and helmet and some shin pads in their running shoes on a basketball court, kind of three on three or five on five, uh, similar rules. But... Um, you know, I heard someone talking about how they were a, a ball hockey game manager and dug a little deeper and said, what, what is a game manager? And essentially they said, well, I'm a, I'm a referee, but the players are supposed to call their own fouls. So I'm just there to, to make sure they do that. And I just thought that was really fascinating that um, in a recreational league like that, the onus was on the players to admit their own fouls. So, you know, if you trip someone over, just raise your hand. Oh yeah, I... I that's tripping on me there. And then the other team gets a power play or a penalty shot or whoever they're working in that league. Um, and it's only if they don't kind of admit their own foul that the game manager has to step in. And if they, they you know, there's obviously sportsmanship points and things that are taken away from them if they're, the manager's having to step in too much. But, uh, you know, it just got us talking a little bit about, you know, a drop-in, there's no referees and there's there's usually very little problem. Players respect each other well. And, uh, and in the league where there is referees, for the most part, players do re- respect each other well, but sometimes, you know, things can get a bit heated. So just thought it was interesting that um, that mindset of players kind of being responsible for themselves. And yeah, the referee's there to call the game, but, um, you know, you got you got to play with a bit of honesty, a bit of integrity as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good discussion point and something that we might be able to hear um, from some of our NHL community about and, and potentially something we might look at trialing in, in a division or something in the future, Dave. Yeah, look, yeah, you know, you never know. Um, you know, I can't see it happening in the more competitive divisions, but um, definitely a bit of an eye-opener, you know, to know that, uh, that there's got to be an onus on the players as well. All right, guys, hope you've enjoyed the episode this week. Dave, is there anything you want to add in before we wrap up? No, just that we're getting into the thick of it here. You know, we're reaching the halfway point in the season uh, pretty soon. This is round five coming up, Matty. Yeah, so it is the halfway point in the season. Um, you know, and the North Stars start their McCormick Cup game soon in in May. So it'd be great to see everyone at the rink for those. And again, anytime you can get out to support the rep teams, whether it's the, you know, the Peewees, Bantams, Midgets, Seniors, um, you know, the more people we can have down at the rink here, the better because... Hopefully, COVID's behind us, and we want to we want to really want to see and feel that uh, strong community engagement here at the Hunter Ice Game Stadium. Well wrapped up for this week, Dave. As I said, thanks everyone for listening, and we will chat to you again next week.